0: Your presentation welcome back to another untitled movie review I am one of your hosts Matt Rohrbeck alongside he's allergic to tomatoes but he is tomato meter approved Eric
1: Marchin Matt sex lies and videotape are going to be the sort of main topic of uh, our review for Pam and Tommy uh, this is an eight episode limited series that is weirdly available on disney plus maybe (laughs) in canada under the star banner yeah uh, hulu in the in the u.s um and watching it and thinking about how raunchy it is at times and how very um stylized explicit yeah. yeah it's just it's so bizarre watching something like that uh on, on Disney Plus.
0: Yeah, I mean that's what you get with the, the Fox merger and the kind of international distribution. So yeah, for people that don't know, it's playing Hulu in the US. It will have the first three episodes being released, I believe, this Friday, correct? Or Wednesday?
1: Is it the oh, second? God. I thought it was
0: February it was... 2nd. Oh, it's it's Wednesday. Yeah. Wednesday, yes. February 2nd, you get the first three episodes <laughs> and then it will be weekly Uh, moving forward. So by the time you're listening to this, the first three episodes should be up. Uh, Yeah. And then Disney plus under what Eric said is the star banner. And if you're in the U S we have on our Disney plus, a lot of the 20th century Fox stuff, a lot of the Hulu stuff, a lot of the FX stuff. They just added things like Disney after um, dark on Disney plus. And Eric, before we get into it, I would jumped on Disney plus the other day and went through star, uh, which is just a great addition to, to Disney plus uh, I think. And They added some FX stuff like what we do in the shadows and Dave. And they're in like 4K Dolby Vision, which is like the only place you can get like 4K TV shows in HDR because those don't usually get released on 4K Blu-ray. They definitely don't air on broadcast TV in 4K usually. So like um, there's some great stuff. I don't know. We watched –
1: Atlanta as well. Yeah, Atlanta as
0: well. Yeah. I'm not sure if Pam and Tommy – I'm sure it will be in 4K. Okay, but we watch screeners of it, so we can't actually comment on that. But yeah, it's starring uh, Lily James, Sebastian Stan, uh, Seth Rogen, uh, Nick Offerman, Taylor Schilling, uh, and uh, some cameos from people throughout. Uh, Andrew Dice Clay is in there, and he's fantastic.
1: Butchie, um, baby, Butchie. We
0: uh, we will be reviewing the entire series uh, on this episode, so uh, we'll keep it, you know, spoiler free, even though it is a true story. Um, But we will be reviewing the series as a whole, even though you get the first three episodes on February 2nd, and then it's a weekly show uh, afterwards. So Eric, I'll kick it over to you um, if you want to give like, I mean, I think most people who are curious about this show kind of know what it's about.
1: Yeah, I mean, essentially what you have here is um, the infamous uh, celebrity sex tape that was leaked in the mid 90s, um, which was uh, Tommy Lee, the drummer of. Motley Crue and Pamela Anderson um, on their honeymoon, and how um, you know the world saw you know something that was supposed to be very private, and how the internet specifically was coming into sort of you know a household situation, and how the internet is harnessed to you know spread. Um, you know, something that may be personal. Uh, it's based also on an article by uh, Amanda Chicago Lewis. Uh, who wrote this thing for the uh, for Rolling Stone, but also um, one of the co-creators on on the, the series, which is interesting, is Robert Siegel. And Robert Siegel is the writer of both Big Fan, and he made his directorial debut with that movie, and also wrote uh, Darren Aronofsky's The Wrestler. And there are some comparisons yeah. uh, to be made uh, there. Uh, what I think is most fascinating about this whole Sort of storyline and sort of looking at it from the point of view of three characters, Tommy Lee, uh, Pamela Anderson, and uh, Seth Rogen's character, uh, Rand. Rand Gauthier, who is a disgruntled <laughs> uh, carpenter uh, who steals the tape uh, that's in a safe with uh, money and guns and everything else that you'd kind of want to keep secure, is how it's re-examining and recontextualizing The sensationalism of what somebody goes through in the public, you know, light and seeing how, you know, both Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee were very much, you know, um, part of this media circus in the mid 90s because of their Mm -hmm. whirlwind romance and their marriage. And then this tape you know, slowly but surely, uh, leaking and becoming an underground kind of cult thing at first, and then slowly but surely kind of building momentum with, you know, within the talk shows and kind of comedic circuit and things like that is how consent is a very important thing when it comes to anybody releasing something out into the world, whether it be personal. Without someone's
0: permission, yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
1: there's this whole sort of sequence in uh, one episode where you have Seth Rogen partnering up with a porn uh, producer played by Nick Offerman, uh, Uncle Milty, uh, as he goes by affectionately, and them going to uh, distribution labels like Vivid and every company rejecting them because they don't have release forms from Tommy Lee and Pamela Anderson. But on top of that, you have to think, okay, well, this show is advocating for consent and is very much on the side of, of Pamela Anderson specifically. And sort of how, you know, we're looking at this situation as, you know, kind of, again, recontextualizing how we see these two characters mm-hmm. being portrayed. And very
0: sympathetically towards her.
1: Yes, and... It's just strange to to watch this show, which I think is very good. I agree. but it's at, at the same time, Pamela Anderson herself <laughs> did not give consent or her blessing for the show. So and, it's
0: kind of a hypocritical, you know, kind of thing.
1: Yeah, and and that's where like there's that fine line that it's walking, where the whole sort of basis of this this you know eight episode limited series is basically saying okay you know what we did to pamela anderson in the media ridicule her yeah it was horrible and and we're seeing a lot of that with other stars, we you know Britney Spears specifically yeah. in the last couple of years, um, Amy Winehouse, who Jennifer you
0: know, Lawrence to an extent for a recent example,
1: even even Paris Hilton, yeah, you know, who also had a sex tape uh, leaked in in the early two thousands. So, it, it, and and I mean like it's it's interesting as well that Greg Gillespie, who directed the first three episodes and is bringing that kind of Martin Scorsese, Paul Thomas Anderson, Boogie Nights, Goodfellas yeah. style to it all also directed i tanya which co star sebastian stan and was about sort of looking at tanya harding in a yeah. new way that was also more sympathetic to her as a person and not just turning her into a punchline yeah um but like i tanya i think i tanya which was totally a little bit astray at times in terms of it romanticizing the abusive relationship between <laughs> tanya harding and her husband this is a little bit questionable, again, when it comes to you know, what it's advocating for. And yeah. ultimately what it's advocating for and su- in support of is Pamela Anderson. And S- Pamela Anderson herself doesn't want yeah. to relive probably one of the worst parts of And it puts her in the life. spotlight
0: again, right? And Exactly, like people,
1: on the same thing.
0: It, about the same thing. And I'm 100% a, a, a with you. That's exactly how I felt watching the entire thing. I think it is a... Um, thoroughly entertaining, uh, a thoroughly, uh, disturbing, a thoroughly funny, um, really well put together miniseries, uh, with some fantastic performances. Like I think L- Lily James is absolutely incredible. Uh, the ma- hair and makeup team, uh, and prosthetics team on this show is It's some of the best I think I've ever seen. I feel like you completely lose yourself in Lily James and this whole thing, and she really carries the entire series. And and I do like that the show you know, puts you in her shoes and, and and talks about those things like consent and recontextualizes those things. And even as a young man who lived through this in the nineties and, and watched this tape and, and, you know, these things have happened over and over again, where it kind of makes you think about the choices you've made and, and all of those things too, of being like, yeah, this thing is Objectively wrong what they did, and we shouldn't have watched it, we shouldn't have shared it. All these people who just think it's this innocent thing because they're a celebrity, and you're like, Well, it's out there, why wouldn't I watch it? And then that's the kind of thing recently with you know all the leaked iCloud photos and all that kind of stuff. Like, I think the show does a good job of condemning all of that stuff with some really good performances and then some tonally strange kind of pacing throughout that is again, all those things that I listed that it's at times hilarious. I think it's at times very kind of disturbing and, and intense. And, and then I think a lot of times it's fun too. And then it's like, and sexy at times, but then also like very much not. And I, I just thought it was like, it was probably my favorite thing Craig Gillespie has done, even though yes, he's a producer and he directed the first uh, couple. Uh, is he a producer? Yeah. He's an executive Sorry, no. It's uh, Rogan and Goldberg who are producing it, and he directed the first. Yeah, episode, Evan
1: so. Goldberg being Seth um, uh, Rogan's uh, co. Yeah, because uh, it was Point and Grey, Writer yeah. on uh, other movies like yeah. uh, This Is the End.
0: Yeah, and Dave Franco too, um, who's great in the After Party. Everyone should go watch that too. Anyways, and then while I was watching it, I had all the exact same thoughts you had, Eric. Where I remember talking to Nevis about this and just being like, "This show is really, really good." And I think it's very sympathetic towards Pamela Anderson, and I, I think does a good job with all of that stuff. But then, if you take the real life thing and what's happening in this show, and then now you're in 2022, and you know they've people have openly talked about that she didn't really want to be associated with this. Like Lily James has talked about that she wanted to talk to Pamela Anderson, but Pamela Anderson was not interested in it. Because again, why would she want to relive this? Like it's. Uh, like beyond her, like it it finally kind of went away um, and uh, people focused on other things. And then, uh, you know, this show, even though it is sympathetic towards her and it's very well done, um, I think then puts her in the spotlight again and especially kind of fumbles that consent thing that it's doing. It does a good job in the show, but then if you didn't do that exact thing, you're kind of maybe not. You know, it's not the exact apples to apples thing, but it's still because it's discussing those things and it depicts them in this show and and kind of probably takes some creative liberties with what happened and things like that that aren't necessarily a hundred percent true because it sensationalizes it for you know a television show. That I think that's where I'm a bit conflicted uh, in the show overall, even though I really really liked it. Like I think Andrew dice clay is fantastic. Anytime I see him show up, I think he's just so naturally amazing in these kind of like sleazeball kind of like, uh, I will kill you roles. <laughs> like, yeah. So time. he, he's playing um,
1: um basically butchie. this um, loan shark, this mafia yeah. loan shark that gives uh, enough money to um, distribute and sort of uh, mass produce enough of these tapes, um, you know, throughout uh, the U.S. and even internationally um, um, to make that work. And what's also interesting about him, the the guy that he's playing, is that he is the same uh, gentleman who was one of the producers on the original. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Interesting. So Didn't because they they even mentioned yeah. in in when they kind of like when Nick Offerman's character is kind of like giving uh Seth Rogen's character kind of the rundown he's saying like oh he started in like you know uh exploitation horror right. movies and stuff like that and Texas Chainsaw was like his big kind of like money getter um at the time so like paid very little and then yeah. he sort of gained a, a a large profit back. But yeah, it's 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 an amazing show for the character work i yeah. think that there's a lot of really great performances throughout the entire uh run of the eight episodes you have even people like you know uh fred heckinger who <laughs> yeah. seems to be popping you know, up in ubiquitous uh, right now this um,
0: pandemic i have seen fred hershinger or her Hersh- or, yeah yeah hershinger in everything everything i feel like everything i've watched in the pandemic he pops up for at least an episode
1: <laughs> yeah and then even like during the disposition where you have, you know, the high priced lawyer played by, uh, Paul, Van Paul, Van Victor, who is so good in so many character roles. I mean, yeah. I just talked about recently, a really bad, uh, nineties B movie called body parts. And, yeah. You know, he's in that. Oh, so, is he? Okay. um, yeah, he's just one of those guys that like, every time you see him, it's like, oh, it's that guy, that great kind of like character yeah, actor. Absolutely, yeah. Um, but what I, I think, The best stuff of this show and what I wasn't expecting from it. And this kind of goes, you know, in line with The Wrestler a little bit as well, is sort of looking at what's relevant you know, this is at a time when the internet is starting to become a household product, a household item. People are still kind of getting used to the idea of what it is and what it's capable of. Um, and you're seeing that through, you know, the point of view of Rogan's character and how he uses it to, you know, profit off of this tape and, um, you know, how that eventually backfires. And also, again, like how we're seeing, um, you know, certain industries change because of that specifically porn where um you know certain characters are looking to what the future is with that and you know some people are kind of you know doing that kind of wink at the camera thing where it's like oh this will never work or that (laughs) kind of thing but then on top of that another interesting kind of sort of cut that kind of works alongside it is that you have tommy lee who at this time in his career with Motley Crue kind of feels irrelevant and is, you know, what like has been is watching basically sort of this flood of people like Kurt Cobain and Eddie Vedder and third even Alanis Morissette and third eye <laughs> blind where like yeah. the grunge era kind of came in, in the early nineties and wiped away all the kind of hair metal band stuff. And then from 95 into, you know, the early two thousands, you had a lot of like pop Kind of focus bands and boy bands coming back as well, even though it doesn't touch really on like you know Backstreet Boys or anything. Sure, but yeah. like Third Eye Blind, he wasn't is competing
0: very... with them necessarily. Yeah,
1: and so there's this kind of interesting sort of like him feeling irrelevant and sort of like you know a, a dinosaur in a world that's kind of changing and like them. And working I think that on kind of their album
0: and that kind of plays into.
1: it it in in
0: totality of like him being just an asshole and and kind of having this superiority complex of of treating people like shit because he still wants to be the the main guy right like he's still and i think that kind of sets the whole thing off and even the whole how you know how men view these things and how women view these things right and how they're not thinking it like how Rand as he steals this tape and just wants to get back at Tommy Lee because Tommy Lee is a fucking dickhead. He's not thinking about Pamela Anderson at all. And then the catalyst of that is Tommy Lee being a fucking dickhead. And then just, you know, but then they also sympathize with him as well to the things that you're talking about of why he's going through this stuff. It doesn't kind of. Give him an excuse for some of the things that he's done and how he treats people and how he treated his wife and all that stuff. But what I really liked is that even their relationship, it wasn't just about this sex tape and it wasn't just about, you know, the it was, it's part crime thriller, but then episode two is. Uh, like a, a romantic comedy almost but like in a very kind of 90s tommy lee pamela anderson way with a, a, a funny meat cute and just it it going absolutely batshit crazy and it so, captures
1: yeah. um the the sort of electronic era of 90s kind of like club scenes and and, and i thought that was kind of interesting yeah. as well a, a lot of it like is kind of really playing it on thick with the nostalgia of you oh, know, the aesthetic of it and, all with but yeah. yeah the music the It's look. very
0: that kind of costumey kind of and, and Gillespie's done that and you mentioned I, Tanya and and other things too like and it's Cruella really, even Cruella is really heavy on the music and the and the needle, the needle drops, drops and like it's just wall to wall music and then um I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff especially uh, for a time. Like when you see the Labatt blue logos pop up and like it goes to Vancouver in the nineties and stuff like that. And well, I mean, um, Pamela
1: Anderson is Canadian and all so.
0: the, yeah, exactly. And all the branding and, and stuff like that. I'm a real sucker for just the attention to detail, even though it can be kind of cheap just to kind of put you into that, uh, time and place. But, um, I thought the wall to wall music was awesome in this. Cause like, it's just, uh, you know, again, a time where we were still very young, but, I'm still very
1: familiar with a lot of the music, and I just think some of the music choices were great too. And I disagree um, there, though. Really, I, okay. I think that I think there's a lot of of good music, but sometimes it kind of feels like either they're casting a net just based on like, okay, this is all the music that was popular sure. in this specific time frame. But then also, it's like. You know were they aware that you know Other movies have used certain Songs iconically not even yeah. Songs that are 90s songs So Donovan's hurdy-gurdy Man plays in the The meet cute rom-com Esque sure. episode and that's Probably best known to a lot of People for being the opening Song in and and The uh, end credit song The book ending of it in David Fincher's Zodiac and then also Nine Inch Nails Closer plays 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 in this as well which also is the opening titles of seven so i was thinking of david fincher twice (laughs) Uh,
0: i I, that stuff didn't bother me that never i I mean it it doesn't it
1: doesn't bother me in the sense that like it doesn't ruin my experience out but it just kind of there it's almost a little kind of feels lazy in terms of not as inspired as
0: like be a bit more inspired with your choices yeah and especially
1: if it's a song that kind of is very you know connected to another film like i I think when you think of zodiac you you think of donovan doing the sure you know and that coming in and like you know it, it just it's a you know, pick stuff that that works. And I mean, it is interesting as well that there are no Motley Crue songs <laughs> um, and and
0: I'm sure because Tommy Lee did meet with Sebastian Stan. They have yeah. talked about that, but I don't think he's like in officially involved in the series. Right? right. So, like, I, I doubt they would have given them permission to put any of their their actual music in this. But a third eye blind is so yeah, you know, which is great. Life is, <laughs> that is as an there. end credit song is, is fantastic in that episode. But um yeah, we haven't talked about Sebastian Stan that much. I think or again, Seth Rogen or Seth Rogen, matter, but I think yeah. this, this series is Lily James through and through. Yeah. Um, But I thought Sebastian Stan was like a lot of fun. Like I think he's obviously, I don't get lost in him as much as Lily James, but I think he does a pretty good
1: job as Tommy Lee. And like, um, He's good at playing an asshole, yeah. and I think that that's, you know, maybe moving forward going to be to his strength. Yeah, because I'm not the biggest Sebastian Stan fan. I can take him or leave him. I don't yeah. have anything against, against him, him either. You're just indifferent. Um, but yeah, he's just kind of like one of those like vanilla white actors that pops <laughs> sure. up every now and then, and you're like, okay, I know
0: Nevis and Joey Noel obsessed with him
1: <laughs> we, i i mean good i i'm glad that they are and, and i'm sure there are a lot of people that and really they should enjoy this series for and, that yeah 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 and and like we'll talk about him as well with the the 355 which he's kind of bland in that oh but my I don't god know i if, forgot <laughs> he <was in> it. <laughs> see see <laughs> sometimes you forget that he's in these things um he kind uh. of just disappears into the background but here he is very very good he uh, is good yeah and 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 i think again like in that first episode, he is a very good heel to uh, Seth Rogen's His ran face, character, yeah. who is also um, portrayed in, in some of these episodes as very sympathetic as somebody who is a blue collar kind of working man and, and is ripped off by this, you know, entitled celebrity. And, yeah. you know, you do, even though what he does is wrong, and obviously the show it, it, is not in support of what he is doing to get back at tommy lee especially again because pamela anderson is the victim here um it is showing you that okay well you can understand you you can at least understand why he did what he did even if you even if wasn't thinking it. about yeah exactly and, and i can see rogan being attracted to the part specifically because of the character being so interested and invested in theology and and Seth Rogan's own career, he seems to be very fascinated by religion. So you Mm -hmm. look at, you know, uh, This is the end, Sausage Party, even Preacher, like he seems to have this kind of interest in sort of like doomsday biblical kind of A lot of of stoners too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and 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 What I really like. I love Seth Rogen. And he's good in this. This I I think he's good too. This is one of those performances that kind of fits into the category of Steve Jobs or Take This Waltz where it's very subdued. The subdued stoner. Um, he's, He's usually cantankerous. He's kind of a jerk. And it's not the kind of role that you would like. He doesn't again. He doesn't disappear like Sebastian. Stan, no, it's very much Seth Rogen. But but it's it's again, it's good character work. And like I, I feel like the strongest stuff here is the acting. Like there's one episode called Jane Fonda where you know um, Pamela Anderson is starting to you know get ready for. um uh, the barbed wire kind of yeah. press junket that's going on. And that movie is terrible. I, I, I haven't watched I, you, it for sex dude, tape or not. It, yeah. I don't think that like that movie would have taken would have launched off her. No, <laughs> no. Um, I remember that. But it just is. A, funny oh, sorry. That Clint the side. Howard is, is, is it, is in it? Yeah. In the, yeah. The uh, one scene. Cause he's in the movie.
0: Yeah. Um. Oh, that is funny. Yeah. I didn't even put two to two together. The barbed wire VHS cover is something I remember seeing at blockbuster yeah. forever dude because it would move to the it was always in the seven day rental like older movie section and i just yeah and it stood out to me every single time as a as a young boy anyways keep going Sorry.
1: yeah and 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 i think that that's kind of just like interesting in itself like that episode at the beginning of that episode you see that pamela anderson is really excited to have this opportunity to deliver this monologue that's been written for baywatch And, you know, she's really kind of like putting everything into it. She's completely, you know, engaged by the material. And then they cut the scene completely. And you kind of see like how the patriarchal system kind of works on a set like that. But then also it's just fascinating that this monologue that Lily James delivers about Jane Fonda as Pamela Anderson and Pamela Anderson being uh, a fan of Jane Fonda and seeing Jane Fonda as a role model I think is really interesting just on this meta level of thinking that okay well like lily james probably read this and was like this is this is uh, like gives me some you know insight into you know the character and i think that that again like that meta quality of like how the monologue of that episode or those monologues specifically one being rehearsed and one kind of just being you know from the character's point of view adds to that kind of heightened quality of the writing and Mm -hmm. yeah i just think it's it's it is a really, really good show. And I think that the performances are uni- unisonly excellent. I think that the, the writing is is awesome. I think people like Hannah Fidel and uh, Lake Bell, who are also directors on episodes. Uh, Pamela in in Wonderland is a really great yeah. one where you get her backstory, as you mentioned with with Vancouver. But th- but then again, it's doing this kind of interesting kind of meta thing where Hugh Hefner, when when she first meets him, is very cordial and kind and 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 somebody that she can confide in but no hugh hefner himself is kind of like ran because the playboy empire the first issue of playboy the the centerfold was a photo of marilyn monroe and that photo that was published in Playboy was without her consent was yes. And so I think that that's even, so
0: all that penthouse stuff is interesting in this too. Right. And then, yeah, yeah, it's, I mean, people can change obviously and learn and, and, and that's kind of what the series is about as well. But, um, yeah, I liked Mike Seeley who played Hugh Hefner. I thought he was actually a really good Hugh Hefner. Um, I will say the Jay Leno stuff is awful. Like oh, I yeah, thought is yeah. the makeup and the guy who plays Leno. Like I don't even know who it was.
1: It's, um, it's as bad as that, um, HBO movie, um, about the, the late night talk show wars from the early nineties oh, where man.
0: it's the one thing where all the makeup and prosthetics are great. It's in a this show but this looks like, yeah, like, a like a Dick Tracy villain. Yeah. Like it's just, you can tell it's just like making someone's head look like a box and then someone doing like a bad Jay Leno impression. And I'm sorry to that guy, but I'm just like, it's the one distracting thing. And unfortunately the series opens with it. And I'm like, like right away. it's the first thing you see is they, the talk show interview and you've got this bad look to Jay Leno. And like, he's just got this, fucking chin and just looks awful like awful and like i think the show is fantastic and i don't want to end on a bad note but like it's um the jay leno makeup and that caricature is just one of the worst things in the show um but the rest of it is great uh i thought again yeah i agree with everything you're saying eric like it's a it's a great character piece and everyone i think is just nick offerman's great too we didn't talk about him but like um
1: he's so he's good as like, kind of like balancing that yeah. kind of like sleazy likability. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah like even just, just cool. but how relaxed he is yeah. as well like how calm and cool and collected and and again like it's it, the first episode as well i really love the idea that it's kind of you know a heist movie yeah movie and, there's and a lot the of different
0: styles and tones in the series
1: but again i think there's a cameo
0: in have- episode two everyone be, yes. be prepared.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, if if you've been on social media in any capacity in the last week or so, you've probably seen something that is... Oh, have
0: people oh, yeah. started to tease it yeah, or whatever? Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I mean, even before... I think even before the, the the reviews were released, people were like, oh, there's this like weird cameo by this person that I was not expecting. And
0: I tweeted you that, or not tweeted, I sent you a message being like, because yeah. I watched it before you, and I was like, there was a moment in episode two and a cameo from someone I was not expecting, or at least seeing this person, you know, or hearing them uh, was a pleasant surprise, but the character that they play was, I was not
1: expecting. And also just thinking about, again, it being you know, something that Disney is on plus. Disney plus <laughs> yes. and Disney plus also having problems with other shows that didn't get greenlit because of their content. So there was that Lizzie McGuire, uh, redo. That yeah. Adds, so it's, I, that, think I, that's, think that's I think that's very
0: different because of a legacy character that like was a kid show. Like I think right. that it's just context is I know, but people there. grow but like, up. But though, remember, and... they blurred out the butt in one of the... In like... Uh, what movie Splash. was and In Splash.
1: And yeah. then... Um, so, like, to go from... And they cut out uh, the F word in Adventure of Babies. In yeah. Of
0: so, Babies to go thing. from that, which I get, Disney Plus in the US is very different than certain territories like us where we have Star. Um, I think eventually Disney Plus will loop in Star everywhere once they figure out their Hulu thing. But, like, um, it is it is surprisingly raunchy and is just shocking to see on Instagram ads or on the service, just Pam and Tommy or the, like all that kind of stuff is, and then just watching it, you're like, wow, this is something you definitely want to make sure you have your parental controls on if you have children.
1: Yes. Um, because oh, yeah.
0: it is a raunchy, uh, a raunchy series. It, it goes there and I'm glad that they do, but, um, yeah, I think it is It is quite good. And then quickly before we wrap up and give our final scores, um, just some fun behind the scenes stuff because I know people who listen to us like this kind of stuff. Um, we saw uh, like unfinished versions of a lot of these episodes, which happened with Ted Lasso season two for me as well. Um, and it's just, it's interesting because – Uh, One of the perks, I think, of of what we do, I mean, you could see it as a pro or a con. I see it sometimes as a pro because there's no other way you'll ever see versions like this. But sometimes some of the effects weren't finished and you wouldn't think the show had a lot of special effects per se. Um, But there were times where like green screen or like something that they have to insert later or there's some ADR moments that made for really unintentionally funny uh, kind of things because they had someone else read the dialogue that it's had all temp ADR, yeah. yeah. So, stuff like that was funny, and, and you and, can
1: tell it's not the person's voice. No, it's like, so there's funny. One, it's there's just one like, bit with uh, uh, Fred uh, uh Oh, yeah, uh, that it's I like, rewound it Sounds it so like, funny. It sounds like a 48 year old man, <laughs> yeah.
0: It's so funny, it makes for really unintentionally funny moments, and it doesn't change our opinion on the series because the content is the content, but like, um. It's just fun kind of seeing that. And like every episode just ended with end credits and then a song. <laughs> so
1: There was one episode um, though that the, the credits were finished and it was like episode like four. Like it was a was a. You might have watched
0: different versions than I did maybe. Right. And they or maybe updated they updated them, it. So. I, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. They probably are updating it as they kind of finish. But um, anyways, that's just a fun tidbit on our end. Um, I really, 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 really liked it, um even if I had a like a it's a pretty big problem with the consent thing, especially um,
1: because it's advocating for it throughout the entire yes. s- series so, and it's it's like you know, where where do you draw that line? I, there? yeah,
0: and and that's where I'm struggling because like I think what you're actually getting is one of my favorite miniseries I've seen in a while. Uh, so I'm going to give it a four and a half. Um, but I want that to be known. And we've talked at, at it at length that I I'm, I'm a little conflicted of, and I know this happens all the time. It's just with this specific thing to Eric's point where you are condemning that kind of thing. And then you go and just make this series anyway, without really, uh, her going okay, or being a consultant or anything on it, that it kind of feels a little bit hypocritical or
1: you know i mean this conversation came up a lot with licorice pizza as yeah. well right where you know like i really love the the film but at the same time you know you have to acknowledge that the age gap in that movie you know is problematic because throughout the entire thing it's trying to kind of play it as platonic and then at the end you know it tries to do something that is somewhat romantic and it doesn't work and it makes it feel a little bit icky. And it's kind of in comparison to this where like the whole thing, it, it, the whole show is based on, on the that. importance of, you know, supporting somebody who is the victim in the situation yeah. who is, you know, and why consent is so important. And yeah. if you're doing that, you know, ethically speaking, it kind of is in a weird gray zone itself. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I agree. But
1: then again, then again, it's like, you know, like uh, taking artistic license and things like that. I mean, we talked about House of Gucci as well. Oh, there's like-
0: tons of movies and TV shows where they didn't get permission to, um, you know, be to have real people in the movie portraying real people and you take artistic liberties and stuff like that. So it happens all the time. It's just this show is specifically talking about that. So,
1: yeah yeah yeah, and so I'll, I'll give it a 4 out of 5 I think yeah. it's it's really well done um, to your point I think Lily James um, who's always good yeah. I, I think like even in you know Mamma Mia Here We Go Again Baby Driver Pride and Prejudice and Zombies she's always doing really good work and it's weird that she's not a bigger star yet but it's always great when she's in a, a film or a series And and yeah this is this is really her show Yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, Thank you all for listening or watching. Uh, We have a lot of other content that we would love for you guys to check out. Uh, You can check out our main podcast, the Untitled Movie Podcast, uh, which you guys can get on YouTube and podcast services. Uh, Just search for Untitled Movie Podcast. Our latest episode, we had Greg Miller on to talk about a little bit about Pam and Tommy, but we talked about... uh, Uh, video game adaptations. We talked about his opinions on uh, the Eternals because he wasn't on the uh, kind of funny in review. We talked about him being a new father and how much Ghostbusters means to him and things like that. So it was a really fun conversation that we did over on their Twitch channel. So it might look a little bit different on YouTube or sound a little bit different on podcast services. It might look a
1: little um, twitchy.
0: Yeah. And then um, so you guys can check that out. Uh, We also have a bunch of other reviews that you guys can check out right now. You should be able to check out a review for the three, five, five, uh, our return also to Starring Sebastian yeah. Stan. <laughs> um, as well as there's something else that uh, uh, The After Party, we reviewed the first three episodes for. Yellow
1: Jackets, the I, first yeah. full season. Yeah. Um, um, Peacemaker, the first three episodes. Yeah. A lot of TV um, and stuff. Which streaming is really stuff. good. Yes. And yeah. we're, we're just starting to get back into watching movies again because theaters opened in Ontario. So we will have reviews for Scream and Jackass Forever coming up. Probably in
0: up. the next uh, week or so. And then we also review. Murderville, which is a new kind of improv murder mystery series, which on also features Netflix. Seattle. Uh, also features Seattle, Frazier, sure.
1: Murderville, and Pam and Tommy. Yeah.
0: Um, so we uh, we talked about that as well, and, and murder mysteries are really hot right now. So, uh, so which I'm hot. I'm cool about because I, I I have a blast with them. So, uh, you guys can check that all out on YouTube podcast services. Easiest thing, just search Untitled Movie Podcast. All of our shows should pop up. Or one stop shop, head over to Letterboxed, uh, which is Untitled underscore Movies. You can find all of our reviews and ratings and podcasts and YouTube videos, uh, over there. We just passed a thousand followers. So thank you everyone for following.
1: Yeah, we did it.
0: Um, yeah, or close. <laughs> um, uh, as always, my name is Matt Rohrbeck. You can find more of my work around the internet, but uh, mostly at untitledmoviepodcast.com. And soon, maybe Family Feud Canada. I started a new job this week, so you might see some of my questions pop up, which is Read on, by Jerry D. Uh, yeah, on CBC
1: at 7.30. It no, it's Jerry D. Jerry D. Um,
0: so you guys can check that out, and you can follow me on all social medias at Matt Rohrbeck.
1: And I'm Eric Marchand. You can find more of my video reviews on RogersTV.com/slash/CinemaScene and on the social medias at EM6211.
0: Until next time,
1: we got to get a third eye blind uh, biopic next.
0: Do do do. Is that them? Do do yep. do 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 do. do. Semi charm kind of life. Was that also in the after party? No, they didn't have third eye blind. Anyways, watch that and Pam and Tommy. Everyone,
1: Bye. Xavier forever. <laughs>